everyone, and welcome to the Filene Fill-In. I'm Holly Fearing with Filene. The Filene Fill-In is the podcast where we fill you in on what's been going on here at Filene's home base and out and about in the financial services world. Edward Albert Filene was born on September 3rd, 1860. While the world was very different nearly 160 years ago when our namesake was born, it has been fascinating to pause this week taking a moment to learn more about Ed's beliefs, values, actions, and accomplishments from his lifetime, and realize how much of those same ideas of fairness, of equality, hard work, democratic control, of giving back and pushing for constant progress are still very much so relevant today. To that end, I am thrilled to present our Happy Birthday Ed Filene tribute podcast. I asked Filene's staff to share their favorite fact about our friend Ed so that others can get to know more about the amazing life he led. And I also asked everyone to bring us back to the modern era by sharing a compelling insight with major implications for the credit union industry from one of our research reports published over the last year. From then to now and every day in between, we at the Institute celebrate his philosophies as we continue to walk down the path he laid down for credit unions all those years ago. As you take a listen here today, join me in wishing happy birthday to Ed Filene. How long is this going to go? Just like two minutes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So start by introducing yourself and what you do at Filene. My name's Edward A. Filene. (laughs) I'm the founder of the Filene Research Institute. And sitting beside me is George Hoffheimer. I'm the uh, Chief Research and Development Officer here at Feline Research Institute. All right. And in honor of Ed Feline's birthday, you have a factoid to share about our namesake. I do. I do. Um, and it actually coincides with a letter that Ed Feline wrote to Alphonse Desjardins in 1907, I believe after his trip to uh, India to observe agricultural co-ops, and he got very activated by the idea of financial co-ops and uh, became aware of the existence of credit unions in Canada and was very curious to know how he did it. So he wrote a a note to Desjardins, who's the father of credit unions in, in Canada, and asked if he could come up and visit and see how they've built this from a policy perspective and an operational perspective. The cool thing about that is that we have a photostatic copy of this actual letter uh, that was given to us by uh, the folks uh, at Desjardins, which is the largest financial cooperative in in Canada. And it was almost 100 years to the day that we were there, the Feline Research Institute, visiting Desjardins, um, where someone from the archive pulled the letter out and gave us a copy of it. So pretty cool cool. stuff. Very cool. And is this the same letter that if you are lucky enough to bid on this item in the DE auction, you can have your very own copy of it? You can. That you is can cool. indeed. Good, good to know. Okay, and then you've brought us a current modern day insight from Filene's library of research. Mm-hmm. What would you like to share? Yeah, so it's um, the research report by Dr. Will Jackson from the University of Alabama, and he examined um, uh, where value accrues in, in mergers and uh, no, not surprisingly, some of his insights had to do with the fact that the um, the main uh, value accrues with the actual members of the acquired credit union because they usually get acquired by a large credit union, more services, more products, better prices. But the insights, I think, are pretty interesting to look at that I want to talk about is, you know, no surprise that the number of institutions, credit unions in the United States has gone down from 23,000, almost 24,000 in 1969 to the end of 2017, just 5,500. 
And uh, what's really interesting is that during that time frame as well, is that the number of new credit unions um, has essentially gone to zero. So while consolidation is occurring, there's no new credit unions coming in. And um, I just find that interesting because if you were to look at that just in isolation, it would it would seem that the industry is in decline. But then you look at the number of members and the number of assets that are under management in credit unions, um, it's gone in the complete opposite direction. So it's just kind of a reshuffling of the industry. Uh, and from a historical perspective, it's just kind of interesting to see how that's happening. I thought you were going to say that's interesting because you don't like credit unions. I don't like credit unions, yeah. <laughs> I was joking with someone in that uh, I started working in credit unions in 1998, and I believe that there were, I want to say like 13 or 14,000 credit unions uh, at that point in time, wow. and now there's only 5,500 or around 5,000, yeah. and I was hoping that I was not the cause of that. But looking at these long-term trends, <laughs> I think the decline is based on other factors okay, besides good. one human being. You got so, some peace of mind there. I, I could sleep tonight. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll make sure that the report is linked in the show notes for our listeners to go read that report from Recommended by George. Yeah, and maybe we'll do a little thumbnail of the uh, of the letter from Feline to Desjardins. Yeah. We will. Okay. okay. And if not, we'll just cut that part out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thanks. Thanks, Holly. My name is Joel Hartzler, and I am the Stewardship and Development Director responsible for engaging our current members and also developing new members and contributors to Faline. I've been in the credit union industry for about 25 years, and I really enjoy bringing the research and ideas two credit unions to make them stronger and more competitive in the marketplace. Wonderful. And did you bring us a favorite fact about Ed Filene for his birthday or the origins of the credit union movement that he helped found? I do. I do. Yeah. So learning about Ed through the years, what really draws me to him and his history is his compassion he had for his employees. I think that really goes hand in hand with the credit union movement even though he was eventually pushed out of management of his own department store for being too, quote unquote, liberal in his management style, he still had such passion for his employees by doing things like starting a profit sharing program, minimum wage for women, 40 hours per week, paid vacation. But of course, we all know he famously also started a financial institution for all of his employees to access. Sounds like a great guy. I know. I wish he was still around today. I know. It would be awesome to just sit down with him and have a chat. Yeah. I just wonder what too liberal was back in the day. Oh, yeah. That's a really good point. It's probably not what we would define it as today. I wouldn't think so. <laughs> and so we also wanted to share your favorite insight from a recent filing research report. What do you have for us today? The report that sticks out to me is the generational money chatter. But it's also highlighted in a recent curated bundle called The Quest to Attract Younger Credit Union Members. And what really gets my attention with that report continuously is the insights on how each generation views financial products, services, and how differently they respond to different versions of finances. And I think it really came clear how it could help credit unions uh, communicate better with their members, attract new members, and hopefully design better products and services that's going to appeal to all of those different generations that they're having to serve today. It's just, I, I find myself not just using the generational profiles that are in that report, 
in the financial industry, but just through regular living life and interacting with different generations and seeing what works and what doesn't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, lots of really great ones in that one. Thank you for um, sharing that with us. You bet. Yeah, I would uh, recommend anybody read that if they haven't yet. I'm Sue Racine. I'm head of experience and play at Filene, and I have the best job imaginable. I'm actually a loaned executive from Kina Mutual Group, and I am enjoying uh, nearly two years of my experiential MBA at Filene. Wonderful. And you know that it is Ed Filene's birthday on September 3rd. Did you bring a fun fact about Ed or the credit union movement for us? I did, Holly, and I'm going to quiz you. Okay. What was the name of Ed Filene's brother? I don't know, but I'll just guess. Um, Tom. No, it was Abraham Lincoln Filene. Really? Yes, yes. So there's your trivia for the day. That is fascinating. Wow, I like that. Okay, and then last thing is an insight from a Filene research report that we've recently published. What is one of your favorite things? Absolutely. And Holly, you won't be surprised that I picked this one because we're both marketing geeks. So when I think about research that I'd really recommend to our members and and potential members, I would recommend the Using Analytics to Meet Member Needs, Mm -hmm. which is a case study for Kern Schools Federal Credit Union. And this is kudos to the credit union for being honest and sharing their struggles and their successes because the Great Recession was hard on this credit union. They saw a downtick on their membership numbers, on their loans, and even they took a hit on their reputation. So tough times. But what they did is they doubled down on market research and they went out to better understand their members and really look at driving their member experience, KPIs. And the outcomes were just phenomenal. They moved up their capital from 4.4% to 10.3%. They increased membership by 52.7%. And they drove an additional $130 million in consumer and mortgage loans. So this is a case study worth diving into. Fascinating. So yes, we will have that in the show notes for those of you who have not seen that report yet. But I agree with Sue. Definitely go check that one out. Thank you so much for bringing that to us. My name is Ryan Foss, and I am the senior director of our incubator at Feline. Um And in the incubator, we test market-ready products in live pilots um, for their desirability, feasibility in the credit union system. And you know that it is Ed Filene's birthday on September 3rd. I'm fully aware. And you have brought a favorite fact about Ed Filene. I have two favorite facts. And the first one is he smokes a pipe. And I have always loved pipes. There's something very romantic about them and the smell I just, um, I love the smell. And I bought my first pipe. I shouldn't say my first, my only pipe when I was 19. Um, And I still have it today, even though I probably haven't smoked it in 20 years. Do you think that anybody didn't smoke a pipe in the 1900s? Maybe, maybe. Um, But I bet you there is a lot more than there is today. Uh Uh-huh. 
And what's your other fact? Oh, my other fact is he coined the word um, with a colleague of his. He coined the word credit union. And so he despised loan sharks. And so that's why he used the term credit. And then um, he had a real strong passion for just the common worker. And unions were an up-and-coming thing at the time. And so that's how he came up with the name credit union. Cool. And I know you've also brought to share a fun insight from a filing research report that's been published recently. Yes. Our recent research report, I believe it's called Staying Vigilant in Turbulent Times, Ooh, Yeah, really talks about this notion of um, CEOs or leaders in the credit union system um, need to see sooner and act faster. And the insight that really resonated with me is that successful CEOs and leaders actually spend a minimum of 50% of their time thinking and living in the future. Wow. And that allows them to connect the dots to trends that are happening all the time so that they can see sooner and act faster in their credit union too with solutions that are relevant to their members. Makes sense. Okay, we'll definitely add a link to that report into the show notes here, but thanks for bringing that fact to us. You're very welcome. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Why don't you start with introducing yourself and what you do at Filene? My name is Taylor Nelms, and I'm the Senior Director of Research at the Filene Research Institute. All right. And it is Ed Filene's birthday. So what fun fact did you bring us to share about Ed? Holly, do you know what Ed Filene's younger brother's name was? I do. It was Abraham Lincoln. How did you know that? Because Sue already told us. <laughs> did she really? Yeah. Sue stole my fact. She did. Okay. So what did she tell you about Abraham Lincoln, Filene? Because he, like Ed, had a really interesting life. And he and Ed worked together, obviously, at their father's department store. But Abraham Lincoln was named, obviously, after Abraham Lincoln. And he was named, born, April 5th, 1865. Mm -hmm. Abraham Lincoln was assassinated April 14th, 1865. So just like 10 days later. Wow. After A. Lincoln's birth. Wow. Which is a very strange coincidence, if it you ask is. me. It is. It uh, is. She did not explain all that background story. So, so thank you. You know, um, there's a long tradition of, of um, German Jews naming their children after world historical figures. Ed Filene is named Edward Albert after the Prince of Wales, mm -hmm. who visited the United States in the year of his birth, 1860. Um, Abraham Lincoln Filene was a really interesting guy. We know Ed Filene as the sort of pioneering you know, father of the credit union movement and credit union system. But... Um, Lincoln Filene was a vocal supporter of women's suffrage, women's rights, very vocal. Um, like his brother, he was a big supporter of FDR's New Deal. And he was born in 1865, but he died in 1957, which is an amazing amount of time. You know, if you think about that kind of long span of his own life and everything that happened between 1865, the end of the Civil War, and 1957, right in the middle of you know, the, the sort of post-war prosperity, right? The reinvention of the United States through things like the interstate, you know, transportation system and, you know, new uh, institutions of higher education and everything that was happening in the middle of the 20th century. He saw, 
you know, the rewriting, right, of Mm -hmm. the entire of U.S. history in many ways. Two years before he died, his foundation that he started with his wife started the very first educational television station in Boston, Massachusetts. So interesting guy in his own right. It makes me think that Ed and Abraham's parents must have been very progressive for their time to raise children like them. Yeah, must have been. I mean, I know that Ed Filene's father, William and Clara Filene, um, immigrated from Germany in the 1800s and obviously started the store that Ed and, and Lincoln Filene eventually took over and really reinvented, right? Um, you know, we know it as Filene's basement, but at the time it was an incredibly progressive from a sort of management theory perspective business, right, that served all classes of people, right, all socioeconomic levels. Well, now that you've stolen probably everyone else's fun facts about Ed, um, (laughs) (laughs) let's talk about something that's uh, more current. So what is one of your most favorite uh, insights from a recent research report from Filene? The most interesting thing I learned this year from research at Filene will actually be part of a forthcoming research report. But it was already mentioned and reported on at the Future of Trust research event Mm -hmm. in Seattle back in May, and it's available on our event recap, which is on the Finally website. And it's that we spent some time through the Center for Emerging Technology studying the personal financial management practices of young people in particular in the context of new fintech apps. And we often make assumptions about how people, especially young people, you know, manage their money, budget, or don't, right? And one of the things we found through a series of focus groups with young people is that when people are budgeting, one of the most common tools, right, is not, you know, a dashboard from their financial institution. It's not, you know, a fancy fintech app. It's actually either a digital spreadsheet, just a blank digital spreadsheet like Google Sheets or Excel, or it's pen and paper. And Lots and lots of people still build their own kind of idiosyncratic systems for budgeting. And I think that's really important for credit unions to remember is that people take an active role in managing their money. They may just not do it in a way that's legible to the financial services provider. Awesome. And we will um, link that report in the show notes as well. Awesome. Thanks, Ali. Can you start by just introducing yourself and what you do at Filene? Absolutely. My name is Courtney Angeli, and I am the Communities and Events Director here at Filene Research Institute. And long story short, what that means is I have the honor of leading the manager of the Cooperative Trust, our events manager, as well as I3, which is the innovation accelerator for the credit union space. And you are helping us say happy birthday to Ed Filene. Do you have a fun fact that you would like to share? I do. So really excited reading about Ed Filene. You know, being part of the Institute is exciting because Ed was so ahead of his time. Um, And one of my favorite facts about him is that he was actually a real champion of his employees, including women. And in the early 1900s, it was actually really few and far between where men were super supportive of women in the workplace. Uh, He actually hired women, provided them with a minimum wage. Again, super unlikely to happen to most women in the workplace during that time period. Um, but not only that, he cared about all of his employees by offering them 40-hour work weeks. He had health clinics in his department stores. Um, and he also paid, um, offered paid vacation, which is super cool. And if we think about some of the other things that are happening in this day and age, that's a real challenge for attracting talent. 
Um, and Ed had that right in the 1900s, which is phenomenal. Really, really rare for somebody in that time frame to be that progressive in their thinking. So yeah. He was a good guy. He was. So you also brought a current day insight from a filing research report. What would you like to share? Yes. So in the same light, since Ed was all about employee wellness, um, the insight that I'm sharing relates to uh, one of our more recent reports on workplace financial well-being. Um, and that's more than 50% of workers experience financial stress. Um, this directly impacts their physical health, emotional health, and their productivity. But credit unions can offer a holistic financial wellness program, and that will actually lessen the burden that the employees feel. Um, they'll start to see improvements in their physical health, their emotional health, and not only that, in productivity. This report was super interesting because it actually came with a really cool wild card where you can actually go in, um, plug in the size of the organization, if I'm not mistaken, and it'll actually tell you how many hours are lost in productivity based on employees' stress about finances. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, so really cool. Ed showed us the power of investing in your team so long ago. Uh, and that's something that credit unions can really, really um, push forward still to this day. And that's something I'm really proud of. I'm Paul Dion. I'm the research project associate here at Filene. I'm part of the research team and help get our research projects uh, completed and through the pipeline and published. All right. And you're going to help us celebrate Ed Filene's birthday by sharing a fun fact about Ed. What do you have to talk about? Yeah. Um, my fun fact about Ed is, of course, I'm on the research team. And what I appreciate is that Ed was a researcher at heart. He was always seeking out and drawing upon best practices for management, for workplace efficiency, and for employee relations. He endeavored to improve the quality of work for his employees and his customers. The example that I like is that he introduced color matching tools in the clothing departments of his stores so customers could put together outfits as they were shopping and make sure that the colors matched. So he really was a true entrepreneur. Through and through. That is really interesting. I really wonder where he got not only the idea, but the capabilities to create such a new tool. Yeah. All right, and we are also sharing a more modern-day fact from our library of research. What is a key insight that you want to share today? So the insight I have to share is from a report called Who Do Credit Unions Belong To? by Andrew Turner. And um, the author looked at almost 400 credit union websites. He found that 83% of them were effectively indistinguishable from any other financial institution. And for me, one of the major differentiators for credit unions from banks is their cooperative mission to serve members. And I think credit unions should try to do better on that front and highlight that cooperative difference. Great. Yeah, definitely one of my favorite reports as well. We will put a link to that report in our notes here as well. Thanks, Paul. Thank you. Happy birthday, Ed. Hello, my name is Adam Lee. I am the Incubator Director at Filene Research Institute, and I work on our amazing incubator team where we test new products and ideas in credit unions and bring the best of those to scale to help credit unions improve their financial bottom line and help improve the lives of their consumers. Great. And to help us celebrate Ed's birthday today, you have some details that you'd like to share. Yes, fun fact about Ed Filene is that so many of them recognize him for his department store, for his work with credit unions. 
But what I found really interesting was looking to a little bit more of Ed Filene's history as also a political activist within the community, but also really a community organizer in a lot of ways. And the work that he did to benefit and address all of the community members' needs well beyond just financial services. Great. And we also hear that you have a stat or a piece of information from a recent filing research report that you'd like to share. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So the really cool thing is that for this background of Ed and his local political activism was this notion of working towards things like public education, intelligent transportation systems in the city of Boston, where he spent a lot of his time, number of branches in the public library addressing you know these important ancillary needs that consumers have to live a real positive life. And I really drew parallels to this idea that credit unions are well beyond also providing and serving their members beyond just financial services. The finding really comes from our Reaching Minority Households report and a recommendation that credit unions alone really can't address the holistic and complex needs that consumers have to, produ- per- to pursue uh, financial health as well as physical health, mental health, and just be an active participant in the community that credit unions really need to search out and form community partnerships as well to be able to meet all of those needs. Great. That is good advice and lots more available in the Reaching Minority Households report. So we will also link that in the show notes for our listeners to read. Booyah! Thank you, Adam. Can you just start by introducing yourself and what you do at Filene? I'm Christy Kimball, and I'm the Chief Experience Officer for Filene, and I lead our marketing, membership, communities, and events um, for our organization. And in celebration of Ed Filene's birthday, you have brought us an interesting piece of information about Ed that you would like to share. What is that? Yeah, so Ed Filene in 1919 created the 20th Century Fund, now known as the Century Fund, and it was a foundation with the goal of investigating social and economic problems with the objective of finding solutions. And I find that very interesting because obviously, finally today, we're his namesake, not just in name, but also in intent. And this idea that having an institution that's really focused on what are the big challenges and how do we find solutions for them, I think, you know, continues to be compelling. So, I'm very appreciative of his vision, and I think it's really exciting to still be part of the work that he's laid out. And we are still inspired by his vision to this day and still coming up with solutions to this day. So you've also brought us a a favorite insight from a Filene Research report published within the last year. What would you like to share about that? Well, I think successful credit unions are really focused on responding to members and not just members of the past, but understanding how in today's age, technology is changing the way that members engage with not only their personal finances, but also their work life as well. And one of the studies, the credit union of the 21st century, there's a lot of data in there. But one of the things that I think is really becoming interesting is the number of gig workers Um, that are in place. So right now, 20% of all workers um, are working some type of contract work. And so when you think about the population of the U.S. and you realize how many people that, you know, that actually is, 
most credit unions probably have a significant portion of their population that are contract workers. And what happens with contract workers is, you know, one of the big areas is that income isn't always consistent. And they also don't have a lot of the benefits of a infrastructure that, you know, somebody who works at an established business has. And so they need new services and they also need more support. So it's a really great opportunity for credit unions to step in and provide additional value. And one last piece um, that we found during that report is that 50% of contractors have no benefits. So as credit unions move towards more of a consultative or wealth management, you know, as they move into providing those types of services, this is a really great entry point that they should be thinking about. So that's my fact of the day. Yay. And we'll definitely get that report linked into the show notes for our listeners to go dive into that deeper. But thank you so much for bringing us that insight today. Thanks, Holly. All right, that's it for the fill-in, folks. Thanks again for listening. Thank you to everyone at Filene for sharing a bit about Ed and the insightful projects we have going on this year. Check out the show notes for links to all the research and innovations mentioned so you don't miss out on what you'll need to take your organization successfully forward from the foundations laid by Ed Filene and so many others before and after him. And if you have a great story to share about him or his life and times, please do let us know. As a testament to a life well-lived, I wanted to share one last tribute to Ed Filene. Upon his death in September 1937, he had profoundly touched so many people's lives, including President Franklin D. Roosevelt's. In a note of condolence, Roosevelt wrote, It is not individual persons, but the people as a whole who are closest to the heart of this unique personality. Mr. Filene was, however, more than a champion of popular rights. He was a prophet who perceived the true meaning of these changing times. He was an analyst who was able, by mathematical calculation, to make plain to us that our modern mechanism of abundance cannot be kept in operation unless the masses of our people are enabled to live abundantly. His democracy was, therefore, more than a tradition. His liberalism was more than a formula. His faith was more than a mere assent to principles which have proved to be tried and true. He did not repudiate the past after the fashion of some reformers, nor did he repudiate the future after the fashion of those who feared reform. He believed in learning and searching out the ways of human progress. One more thing before we wrap. I invite you to come help us celebrate not only Ed, but 30 years of Filene Research Institute at our Big Bright Minds annual event on November 19th and 20th in Durham. Visit filene.org events to register today. If you like this episode, please do rate us on Apple Podcasts so more people can find us. And make sure you're subscribed to the Filene Fill-In Podcast so you can keep up with what's going on at Filene. You'll find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to get in touch about today's show, email me at hollyf at filene.org or find us on Twitter at Filene Research. Until next time, thanks everyone. <laughs>